Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. You're welcome to the live Q&A with yours truly. Hope you all are doing well on this Wednesday. Hope you guys are getting over the hump. I'm accelerating to an amazing weekend. Uh, for those who join me for the very first time, my name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach online. But for those who's been rocking with me, listening to me, watching me, subscribe um, to my channel for, for years, if not minutes. I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God's entrusting to me. And I pray it continues to be treasure to you. But as everyone's coming in live, let me let you guys know about some things I got going on as everyone is typing their questions in and getting themselves in position to get them answered. If you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, if you need someone to talk to about your relationships in all in all forms, if you need help with spiritual development and growth, if you need help with maximizing and understanding the purpose of your singleness or discovering, developing, or distributing your purpose or branding, marketing, or anything, you need someone to vent through and help you process through some nuanced situations, I'm here for you. And if you need that, hit the link in the description box below, or let me make sure I post it here so that you guys can go ahead and submit what you uh, your coaching needs. And then uh, let me know your budget and I'll customize a coaching session for you. If you're looking for a book to help you process your feelings, like, man, I am overwhelmed with my feelings. And I need to get back to fulfilling my role in life. This book, Facts of Feelings, will be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a resource to help you better hold things better, either now or later, and you want to be more prepared to hold those things, this wholeness journal right here will be a great resource for you. Also, there's a card game to go with. It's a fun way to really talk about wholeness. And it's just a cool way of exercise and things like that to kind of help you uh, uh, measure your wholeness level. If you're looking for a book to help you process um, the purpose of your singleness, this book right here, The Purpose of Singleness, will be a great resource for you. It's a great book to help you really understand the value of your singleness. If you're looking for a book to help you see if the person you're dating, or that you guys are on the same page with questions to either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one, this book right here, Dating Prep, will be a great resource for you. If you're having a hard time discerning what's in front of you, who's in front of you, you don't know if it's God's best or the devil's best, this book, Counterfeit a Counterpart, will be a great resource for you. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, like, man, I want to be free. I want to be free from my ex. I want to be free from uh, other experiences. This book, The Purpose of Freedom, will help you with that. If you're struggling with spiritual warfare or you want to better understand the whole armor of God, this book, World War Me, will be a great resource for you. And we also have books for children um, called, as it says, Wise Proverbial Type um, Points that helps kids discover their art form and all that good stuff. And we have more resources and ways to support this channel on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Now, let me see. We got some people here. I don't have too many people. Okay, let me see. Let me scroll down. Jody Real, what's going on, family? He says, I have been single for nine years, and I'm used to fantasizing about random women sexually and non-sexually. How can I break this habit so I don't bring it into my future marriage? Well, you got to get to the root of it. Um, um, lust can linger for, for years. Lust can hiddenly linger for years. And, and you have to look and change your perspective about women. You have to look at them as God's daughters and as your godly sisters, right? And when you begin to see them in that regard, then you will not regard them mentally in your mind, uh, fantasizing about them, right? But there's got to be a root reason. There's a root reason because uh, uh, some door that have, may have been opened, that may have opened, uh, maybe it could be in certain periods of your life, you tend to bend in that direction because of of things just not going your way you're not just not feeling as strong as you need to be and those areas will kind of open you up for that but most importantly um there are certain spiritual disciplines and certain spiritual awarenesses that you must have a certain spiritual awareness you must have that you're a son of god and that 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 god loves you 
And we men sometimes don't understand that because possibly we didn't have those type of fathers that loved us. Maybe there were dads that provided. Maybe there were dads that were that were were present, but they wasn't present. If we unwrapped them, we wouldn't even know the gifts and things inside of them. And so with that, a lot of us men, we are not able to comprehend or extend our, our, our needs over to God because we're not used to that male to male or, or a relationship in his earthly realm. So therefore, when it comes to male to divine male energies, we don't know how to create that synergy. And so you have to have self-awareness about God's love for you. Secondly, you have to be aware of Jesus' righteousness that was imputed on you. When you become aware that, that because of what Christ did, he paid the penalty that gives us unlimited access to the Father and to the Godhead, then we'll go ahead and spend more time with God with condemnation free, right? We'll be, we'll be able to engage him without worry, right? And then that other self-awareness is that God has called you to greater. And when you have those three self-awarenesses mixed with some spiritual disciplines, like, like reading your word and, and, and starting your day with gratitude and, and laying aside every weight and sin that's so be easy to set you. When you begin to mix those three things together, then these things will rarely begin to happen because first off, you're too focused in purpose. You're too deep in fellowship and you're having a lot of fun um, growing and developing. When that's there, then over time, you will begin to shift your perspectives and seeing women differently that even when the thought even creeps up, there's, there's something already installed mentally from this renewal. Uh, process that gives you um, the ability to say, you know, I can't, I can't wonder what she's like under that dress um, because I'm still striving to be my best. And, and then you could be in a state of rest, waiting for God and positioning yourself uh, to receive God's best for you in white form. And I think those things, if you really process that, that, that answer, I think will help you. What's going on, Renee? Hey, Coach Josh, hope you're well. K2 Sign, what's going on? Katie says, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. All's well in the Ezzy household. Thank you so much for asking. <clears throat> Let's keep going. Brianna Battle says, hey, coach, I was told I should never bring up past trauma if I truly forgave the person and truly healed. Is it wrong to bring up our past as a testimony to share with others? There's nothing wrong as long as it's a testimony and not still a test. As long as it's still a testimony, not a test. And what I mean by that, you're completely healed and it's just for clarification purposes. Sometimes we can be transparent, but the goal is to be transparent, but not vulnerable. If if the issue is still vulnerable to you, still fresh to you, and the wound is still there, and the wound hasn't transitioned to a scar, then, then it's not yet ready for a testimony, right? And so what I mean by that is there's a difference between being transparent and being vulnerable. Being vulnerable means I'm still dealing with something. And if I'm vulnerable, that means I'm revealing that I'm struggling. Transparency means I'm going to tell you about a moment where I did struggle and how God brought me out of struggle. And this is something I could testify about God's grace and mercy in my life. Vulnerability is when some people, they'll believe lead on the people instead of uh, lead the people and they'll get on pool pits, they'll get in front of people and, and they'll, they'll, they'll think that they're offering a testimony, but it's really their vulnerability. And now they're really sharing from their heart that's still bleeding. That right there, I will keep out of the ears of people because it will come off as that, that she's trying to heal while delivering the testimony. The testimonies should be delivered when there's scars, there's no wounds and you've been healed, right? And so there's nothing wrong with bringing up past trauma as long as it's still not causing current drama, right? Or may cause drama, right? And make sure there's no pettiness, no no ill will, no resentment. Now, if that's the case and you're completely healed from like you're saying, and if you're truly healed and forgiven the person, then you also got to consider that person, right? There are certain things about uh, my dad I'm not going to share because I'm healed from that. Now, there may be some testimonial aspects of it, but I'm not going to labor on that point every video. Because then, then my dad may watch. I don't want him to have to go through that. So, so you have to also be considerate 
of the person that, that you may have experienced some things with that you're not every place you go, everywhere you go, that comes up. Right. So I think there's there's moments for testimony. But I think when, when it comes to ministry, those moments are not as often as just delivering what the word of God says and ministering that to it and, and, and not just offering a testimony. But when asked about your testimony, there's nothing wrong with that. And so definitely get your heart. And make sure you healed from those things so that it won't be coming off as that I'm that I'm uh, uh, putting people out there that shouldn't. So I wouldn't say names. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't make it so obvious where people can be like, oh, that was Tyrone that did that. Well, I remember when she was with, you know what I'm saying? So that you, you can kind of avoid all of that unnecessary stuff, because we still have to be considerate of the people that may have um, have hurt us in the past. Jazz says, yo, coach, I'm in the process of closing in on personal home. I'm a little scared. I may be choosing the wrong home. I like the home, and I told God all I want is his will. You all said I went to God, but no clear answer. Um, uh, for, for instance, what I normally do in those kind of situations, if there's no no, I go with the flow. God will never have you go in a direction without a clear no. If he doesn't want you to go, he will already tell you no. And so what I would do is this. Tonight, I want you to say, Heavenly Father, I just need confirmation from you that, Lord, when I wake up in the morning tomorrow or when I wake up before the closing of the deal or whatever, Holy Spirit, make it very clear to me. Give me a peace that surpasses all understanding because right now you need that peace. And if you already have the peace and that just haven't had or haven't heard from God, quote unquote, then the peace is the confirmation. Right. God will clearly make sure. Now, if you know for a fact that, you know, inside your spirit, no, this ain't it. This ain't it. But you're trying to force it to be it or you're trying to force it to be the flow. Then then I wouldn't go in a direction. But if you haven't heard anything and your spirit is clear and your spirit is at peace, your mind may not be. But your, but there's something about you that's saying this feels right. Then I say, go ahead and go after my brother. And so don't allow fear. Because the more you begin to understand who your father is, the less fear that you will have and knowing that your father will let you know whether you should go or whether it's a no. Hope that helps, family. Uh, Golden Christian says, hey, coach, this is related to my previous question. You press another question? Let me see. So as a girlfriend, do you just go on dates and stuff like that? With no kissing? Yeah, man. Uh, be, let, uh, I, what I would do is this. You have to earn certain benefits, right? And I think you asked this question before, I think the other day. Um, you just got to ask for everything that you do. You got to ask what your motive is. And you also got to ask yourself, um, how, how impulsive or impatient am I? Because sometimes we'll do things to feel the feeling and then, then, then complicate the dealings. And what I mean by that, when you start kissing someone prematurely, you start getting any type of physical intimacy prematurely, it clouds your judgment. It clouds your ability to recognize red flags. Because if your heart is solely after the movie thrill feeling of the kiss or the movie thrill feeling, especially if you just dating, hold on, let me make sure. You're Listen, if you're dating a person, I wouldn't kiss that person. Yeah, if you're just dating a person, you don't got no clearance from God about the person, I keep my lips to myself if I were you. Because that you just got to make sure that your mindset is, is is established scripturally and that your heart is not so eager because eagerness uh, uh, really affects a lot of different things. And so as a girlfriend, I would kind of leave that stuff alone. Uh, and, and, and if that don't get me wrong, things may happen, moves may happen, but if y'all end up kissing, then, 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 then assess it. I'm not sitting there saying, um, um, that, that it, I'm setting you up. So if it does happen, you'll know what to do. So if you end up kissing a person, then you got to be able to say, you know what? We went too far. 
we went too far in this car. We went too far at this bar. We went too far wherever we are. We went too far. And we got to make sure we measure things back and move things back. Because if not, then you're going to move in deeper because kissing is like a gateway drug. Once you start kissing, once you start doing anything physical, um, you want to do more. Like there's not one couple I could tell you that is okay with just kissing. That kissing never gave them the thought of doing something else. That kissing doesn't get boring after a while because the flesh is not is never satisfied. That's why a lot of those things are beneficial. All those things are more beneficial in a marriage because then no matter if you do start kissing and it starts going somewhere else, there's liberty, there's freedom there. But if you start kissing and, and, and you start doing those different things, then what happens when that person goes missing? And now all of a sudden you got these emotions stirred. So as a girlfriend, I would be very, as a girlfriend, yeah, I would keep your lips to yourself. And see how really when you keep your body to yourself, We'll see if he's about that life. We'll see if he really wants to be with you. Because a lot of guys will act Christian, will act that, but the moment you stick with your Christian, they go missing. The moment you start staying fast on your Christian, they go missing. But if you compromise your Christian, then they'll compromise their, their false disposition on being a Christian, and they'll go full steam ahead, and they'll take that kissing as an opportunity um, to get clothes missing. And then you know what goes on from there. So if I was Leo, I would keep all that to yourself until that man wants to be your husband and is ready for marriage, you know, and I think that's just the best way to do it. Hope that made sense. Hope that was clear. Jazz says, I told God if it is in his will, close the door. And he will. He will, my brother. Is Whenever you pray God's will, the, the things close. I'm telling you. You say, God, if this ain't it, close the door. And it, it was something supernatural happened that it won't. Now, if he's already gave you closure that you shouldn't even go through this door, then I will walk out the other way. But if you're he'll let you know. He'll, he'll close that door for sure. Renee says, how do you get over fear when you have the right mindset to give the fear to God? After I pray about the fear and believe that God will take the burden, why am I still feeling a heaviness about the fear? You're human. And, and your humanness in certain stages reveals to a, to a degree uh, um, new mysteries. And what I mean by that is like, it, so when I find myself fearful, and no, as a human, you're going to find different situations that's going to still have substances of fear inside of you because you've never been there before and you've never seen God come through like that before. So even though you trust God from before, you've never seen this before. So now you have to learn how to deal with this fear, trusting and believing that God who has once delivered you from this and once delivered you from that will deliver you from this. And so you can have a mindset, for instance, I can have a mindset all day that I'm this strong man of God, that nothing can move me, but I never experienced something. And then when something occurs, then I have to remember who I am. And there's going to be moments where you meet something new, where you and God, and God never met it new in a new way, but you met this with God from your vantage point a new way. And all of a sudden now your mindset is kind of all right, now this is unfamiliar. I've never been through this before. But if you was to go through the same thing that you went through in your past where God has proven to uh, um, to be uh, uh, sufficiency for you, then you wouldn't be afraid of that because you've already passed that level. But when you get to this new level and you're like, whatever, it's okay to feel that fear. But you got to do something with that fear in order for that fear to disappear. And it's what you do with that fear. Number one, you got to go right to your fellowship with God. Go right to your father. When you have fear, F, go right to your father. Go right to your father. Because when you go to your father, you go out there and you vent. Father, hey, I'm afraid. See, Mary 
wasn't necessarily in fear. She was just like, how is this going to happen? So there's nothing wrong with going to the father and say, father, hey, man, what, what, what's up, man? I'm nervous still. Next, you got to then find yourself exercise. You got to get some exercise in you. The way to get some endorphins, get yourself engaged, more engaged in certain things, and then begin to uh, act in faith. Be like, hey, God, the same God, articulate, activate, and say, you know, and, and articulate that 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 this too shall pass. That I that I'm the head, not the tail. That I'm above, or not beneath. That I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ. You got to begin to articulate the faith. Go to your Father, exercise, and get and get those endorphins going. Then articulate uh, the opposite of the fear, and then and then keep going in the right direction. Just keep going in the right direction with your spiritual regimens. Meaning that you, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna increase my. I'm gonna increase my prayer life. I'm gonna increase my time in the Word. I'm gonna increase certain things because now you're going through a battle. So I hope that helped you because some things you've never gone through before, and you have to stand and see how God's gonna bring you through, like He brought you through the rest. Hope that helped. Keep this fan on me. There we go. Hold on, give me one second. There we go. Got the fan on me, right? Unique Leah says, "Hey, Coach, I recently gave ear to the spirit of Jezebel, slander not in a sexual way. I repented, but have to deal with the consequence. I fear giving myself grace, receiving grace from Abba. Um, to be clear, uh, honestly, you have to kind of restructure the way you see the Father, and and knowing that 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 if He's forgotten your sins far as from the east to west, He can for you." And even though there may be some consequences, right, it, it, even if there's uh, things that you may have done, you have to understand that if the Heavenly Father has removed it from your charge, you have to remove it from yours as well. Now, the issue with some of us is, is that a lot of us, we are very hard on ourselves and we're perfectionists and, and, and we'll give grace to everyone else, but we won't give grace to ourselves. And sometimes we become godlike to ourselves that when we do right, we celebrate as if we did it. And if we do wrong, we celebrate like, no, not even God can forgive us of this. There's something in your mind that you have to. And that's why maybe the Jezebel spirit came in there because a lot of people that that struggle with control, that want control, that 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 whatever they feel like they have to control everything. And then those type of personalities, which are giftings, people who know how to manage, people who know how to lead, people know how to guide. Demons can try to affect those persons from the inside, causing them to be open to Jezebelic type spirits that will try to control situations and manipulate situations and 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 dominate situations. And so that's the area of your life that you may need to give over to God and say, God, help me to manage what was what is good in me from being bad in me. Right. And so when you understand it from a deep level and you know that you're a person that loves control, that loves to know everything and loves to make sure everything's established and as a perfectionist then you have to give that part of your character over to God so he can modify it and use it in his proper way, right? And so even though you repented, you have to also say, okay, even though I repented to God, do I have a history of trying to be God in my own life? Do I have a history of control? Now I have to deal with the root reason of that control and begin to say, okay, I got to remember what the gospel is. I have to remember what crisis did for me. I have to remember uh, um, um, the desire of the Godhead to renew me into a better person. And then you will begin to see that you will begin to show yourself grace. Says, I fear giving myself grace. And so you have to ask yourself, why do you fear giving yourself grace? Do you hold yourself to a standard that you can't hold? Because if you hold yourself to a perfectionist standard, there's going to be hard for you to give yourself grace because all in the back of your mind is about how perfect you should have been. 
See, I used to be that way. So I'm not, I'm speaking from a place of experience that we'll beat ourselves up because we held ourselves higher than we ought. And we forget that we are people of flesh, that we still going to make mistakes. So if I make a mistake today, I'm not going to let that ruin tomorrow. I'm not going to let it ruin the rest of my day because I understand the access I have to God. And as long as my heart is right, as long as my heart is willing to go to the Father for, for that forgiveness and for that restructuring of my mind mentally, then everything else will find itself to where it is. So what I need you to do is begin to start doing a deep dive study of God's forgiveness towards you. Look up the attribute of God's forgiveness and you'll begin to see yourself getting out, the, out of the midst of this lack of grace towards yourself. For those joining us right now, I'll let you guys know if you need one-on-one coaching, you need help with your relationships, you need help with spiritual development, you need help with maximizing and understanding the purpose of your single and you want to understand more about your purpose, branding, or you have some different difficult things that you need someone to help process, help you process through, uh, uh, get your slots now. Uh, the month of August is my last month for general coaching. I mean, I'll be bringing people through coaching, but get on the books now if you need my help or support in life coaching form. All right, let's get going. Let's see here. Michaela, what's going on? Can you count it as God speaking to you if you look up and find a specific verse that applies to your life of a specific problem. Um, God can speak in a, a multiple different ways, but just like Jesus didn't heal the same way all the time, we don't want to get stuck to thinking that God speaks the same way all the time. So what we don't want to happen is that if I say that is a way that God speaks, that you open your Bible every day, point to a random scripture to see if God speaks. That could be a way that God speaks, and God has spoken that way before, but we don't want to make it a, a, a all-size-fits-all all way of God delivering our way, um, things that he wants to hear, uh, for us to hear. And so, yes, that is a way that God can, can speak, but I don't want you to get so tunnel vision and thinking that, okay, every day I'm going to make this a habit to see if God, this is my route of proof, physical proof. I got this physical Bible that every time I open it and point somewhere, this is God speaking. And so what I would do right now, I just say, okay, put it on the shelf. Okay, write the verse down and say, okay, God, uh, whenever you're ready, send me more confirmation on that so I can solidify this wasn't just some random act of pointing finger at a verse, but this is something that you really wanted me to see and that I can go deeper. And so that right there, God doesn't mind giving you all the confirmation needed for you to stand faith, stand in faith in the area uh, that you are in. Great questions, y'all. Uh, Lisa says, I fear this because of others abusing grace. How do I? Okay, now we. I should have scrolled down a little bit more. Uh, uniquely, Lisa says, I fear this because of others abusing grace. How do I have balance, heal, and move forward? We have to understand. Uh, understanding grace is, is favor. Grace is something that I don't deserve. It's unmerited favor. It, uh, it's God's foreknowledge in current knowledge. It's like God saying, uh, I'm giving you this grace because I already see the final product. I'm giving you grace right now because I've chosen you. I've pursued you. Um, um, I, I, I'm you I, I, have, I have a calling to use you for. The abusing of grace is the lack of reverential understanding of God. People focus so much on God's grace as God being a machine, as God being a God that just, hey, just do what you want to do with life. That's the wrong mindset. If you still sin and don't have a level of reverence about the grace you have, then you're abusing that grace. And this, this false grace message is, 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 is affecting a lot of people mentally because they feel as if like it's a judgment-free zone. Like we understand that, but you also have to understand that God is a human, not a human, but you know what I mean? He's God, God, the son is the human verse. What I'm saying about that is that, that God is a person is what I'm trying to say. And that you just can't just be abusing God's grace and still doing sin. Now, there's a difference between practicing sin and being um, pulled out of sin. 
So if you're still falling into sin, but your heart is still like, God, I don't want to do this no more. You hate it, but you just don't have the right system to get you out of it. Then that's different. That uh, That is not abusing grace. But if you're saying because of God's grace, I get to. Oh, God will forgive me for this. If you have the mindset of, God will forgive me for this, and you go do it anyway, then you don't really have a full understanding of God's grace. Now, when you have a heart like I feel you have now, then, then, then you're on the right side of the understanding of grace. You just have to understand a little bit more that you love God, you reverence God, and you don't want uh, um, to be in a position um, to, to that, that proves that you wasn't a Christian, right? The fact that your heart has a remorse about your sin, or the fact that your heart has a not sin conscious, there's a difference between all you think about is your sin. But when you have a reality that you can't win with this sin and you want this sin to end, you just don't know how to do it yet, then you have the right heart towards God's grace. And so people abusing God's grace are people who don't even ask these questions. People don't even think about these questions. People don't even care about God. There's people right now abusing people's grace right now because they don't care about the person. They just care about the energy that they want from that person. So most people, a lot of people who are quote unquote Christians, they only want the benefits of Christianity, but not the requirements of Christianity. And so they, they confuse themselves. And so how do you balance it? By keeping the gospel in perspective, by keeping the cost of the cross in perspective, by keeping uh, the, 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 the you and God in perspective and God's love towards you. So you have to understand you have to hate what he hates and know that you that he loves you. Just because God hates the sin doesn't mean he hates you. So you have to separate you from the sin. Sometimes we, 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 we put ourselves in the sin side and then because God hates that sin, God must hate me. No, God hates what that sin is doing in you. You see what I'm saying? But he doesn't hate you. So you have to keep that in perspective. And how do you heal and move forward is realizing the deal that was paid. Because he paid the deal, because he did the deal, now I can be fully healed. And you move forward knowing that God's grace is sufficient, that God loves you, and, and you have the right heart, which is giving you evidence, now hear me, uh, some evidence that, that, that you are saved because you are concerned about how that sin is affecting your relationship with God and it's affecting the way you win. Great questions, y'all. Make sure I'm checking on my wife real quick. Make sure. Okay. There we go. That's what I need right here. All right. DeAndre says, what's up, coach? Any tips on forgiving yourself and moving on? Great question. Kind of goes along with, with unique Leah. Um, first off, you have to, everything has to be measured from God down, not from us to God. Everything from a spiritual standpoint mentally has to be measured from God down to us, not us to God. If we measure ourselves in forgiving ourselves from us to God, then we're forgetting about the price that was paid. Either we don't believe what he did for us or we believe. You have to believe deeply that Jesus paid the price for your sins, that Jesus paid the price. If you have accepted that payment and you have a, a, a ceiling and a view of the spirit of God in you, and then there's a healing that you begin to see that I'm not the same person at all things. Uh, anyone that being Christ is a new creature, old things are passed with old. And then you begin to see that things are becoming new, whether it's going uh, uh, fast or slow, you begin to see there's something in me that's different. There's something in my perspective that's different. My heart towards God and my sins are different. 
right? The only difference is maybe you haven't allowed that part of your mind about yourself to be given over to God because you see yourself in light of your sin, not from God down, but you up to God. Because when you begin to feel that work inside of you, then you know your sins have been forgiven and God through his gracious mercy and through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is sanctifying you into, into uh, to the mold of Jesus so that you can be more like him because being that mold uh, will be a light that people can behold and then will begin to fold their knees towards God and say, God, I want that change in my life. So tips on forgiving yourself is realizing that you are, that 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 you are, how can I say this? Tips on forgiving yourself is this, realizing number one, like, don't be too hard on yourself. If God ain't that hard on you, why are you hard on yourself? What did you actually do? How can God use this to, to help other people? What, help, what helps me forgive myself is realizing that a mistake can turn into a lesson, that a mess can turn into a message, that if I made this mess and, and I allowed this to uh, uh, not cause me stress, but to rest in the same work of God, and then I can then use this one day as a message, then I can forgive myself of that. Number two, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow is tomorrow. Today is today. I can allow what happened yesterday to keep me from being progressive today and then the next day. Also, you got to say, okay, no matter what I've done, the cross consumed it. So you got to say, okay, number one, why must I move on? Who do I need to move on for? What do I need to move on for? And there's one thing that keeps us to a degree from keeping us from forgiving ourselves. We have nothing for ourselves to do. And so we have too much idle time. And so you got to say, okay, I got to be purposeful. Because one thing about me, man, being in a marriage, and, and and fulfilling my purpose, I don't think about nothing like that. I can't because I know the value of showing up as a husband, showing up as a father, showing up as a minister, showing up as a as a son of God. I have to I have to show up. So I have to throw up and show up. I have to throw that up out of me, get that up out of me so I can show up. I got I got I have I have too much to show up for. To not to not to be bothered by. And so what do you need to move on for? Why do you need to move on? What can you do right now to help you move on? And realize you're not as, you're not as, you got to think, not think of yourself more high than you ought to think. The number one tip is don't think of yourself more high than you ought to think. You're not, you're not God. You're, you're, there's God, God saying, man, no matter what you've done, I can forgive it. Um, start interacting with things that are in, accord, in, in accordance to your purpose. Um, and then, and then just move on. Hope to help. Young and New says, how to find the right woman to get married? I long for a woman to build with and live life together. I want to hear God more and do what he wants for me. The thing is, the more that you dwell on this idea, then that individual will not come. So the number one thing you have to do is assess, why do I want this wife so bad? Because it sounds, it could be that you want this woman more than you want God. And anytime you want something more than God, you start delaying the process. You start pushing that thing being delivered even more. So you got to get to the root of your heart and say, okay, why, why do I want a wife so bad? Why do I want the right woman? And, 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 uh, and, and all these type of things, because when you begin to dwell on these things and you're wait, the thing is you can't wait to hear God. You got to work on what God last said. If you waiting on what God has, if you waiting on God to say something new, and you haven't worked on what he's already told you to work on, you're never going to hear what you're waiting on. And it's only going to make you even more uh, bothered by God, upset by God, because if the only time you spend time with God, and some people do this, they'll spend a lot of time with God because they want to hear from God. So they'll, they'll read their Bible, they'll they'll pray, 
they'll serve at their church, and they're using that, quote unquote, as a manipulative tool to see if that will cause God, that's works righteousness. Because I did, God, you owe me an answer. But God, I've been faithful to you, so you owe me an answer. God, I've been serving you, so you owe me this answer. And what that does is that goes directly against the true character of God, and then it will actually reveal your character. It will reveal that you don't even love God. You only want God for what you want from God. And so that you got to see your heart. Because if, you, if, you're, if you're concerned about a wife, if you're ready for a wife, there's nothing wrong with that. But we don't want your spiritual disciplines to not lead to spiritual development. If all your spiritual, if, if, if your spiritual um, disciplines is, is solely because you want a spiritual delivery, then you will never have spiritual development. What that means is if all I'm doing is praying, reading, fasting, all this stuff is for a spiritual delivery to happen from God. So that's works righteousness. But if my, my spiritual discipline should not be for spiritual deliveries, my spiritual discipline should be for spiritual development. So that I can actually match the spiritual delivery. So if you want God to deliver a spiritual, wholesome, God-fearing wife, then you can't even focus on her right now. I wouldn't even think about her right now. I would just solely focus on incorporating spiritual awarenesses, spiritually that I'm spiritually aware of who I am to God. I'm spiritually aware of my assignment of God. I'm spiritually aware of God's love for me. Then I do these spiritual disciplines because it's part of sanctification, because I want to spiritually develop so I can so I can match the spiritual delivery. But if you're doing all of these different things, wanting to hear from God, then you won't hear from God because Bible says you, when you pray, you pray to consume of your own lust. You pray amiss. You're just praying just, just to receive things, to gobble it up with your own lust. So that could mean that if God gave you your wife right now and, and she, and she is the thing that you deem to complete you, then you're going to gobble her up. And you're going to tear her apart. You're going to put God expression on her. That's why you have to be healed in order to hold. You have to be whole in order to hold. And so what I don't want to happen is that you're only doing these different things to hear from God. He says, I want to hear God more and do what he wants from me. Then, then that the real reason that you do that is solely not about a wife, for that so that you can increase in your life, so that your life can match your wife, and your wife can match your life, and y'all can both be rooted in the one that gives the abundance to life, who is Christ, right? And so don't worry about how to find the right woman to get married. That woman will find you. That sounds counter productive. But when you're following God, you will find your wife along the way. Let me make sure I make that clear. When you're following God, your wife will find you. See, I'm telling you, I told someone the other day, there was about a, a year or so between I made this declaration and this change in my mind until my wife came my life. There was a time in my singles where I was like, you know what? Every woman I choose, I lose. So I gave up. I said, you know what, God, I'm not going to worry about my wife anymore. It's, it's tearing me apart. And I said, I'm just going to focus on what you want me to do. A year later, my wife comes. I'm not saying this, and it'll be the time frame for you because I don't, I don't want my story to be the, the, the well, you did it for Josh. Now, my story may be a little different. But what I'm saying is, is that you got to be in a place in your life where you're not even thinking about your wife. You got to get to a place in your single where you're not even thinking. Because when you think too much in your singleness about your wife or about your husband, then you won't, you won't find no growth in you. So the thing is, you said, I long for a woman to build with. That's the thing. That could be an idol. Whatever you long for will determine what you do. You long for me. Now you got to look at the word long. Why do I long for her? Is it because you're not happy with what you're building? Is it? Is, could it be that you have some things in your life that you feel that like she will complete you? 
like like because you have to be completed in Christ before you can even compliment a wife, right? And so you have to look at that. That second sentence is what you got to focus because that's your heart, bro. You said, I long for a wife. Why do you long for her? Do you long for her more than you long for God? The number, the only thing we should long for is God. I'm telling you, in order for things to last long, the only one we should long for is God. In order for that thing to last long, we got to long for him, more of him, reveal more of you to me so I can become more of myself, so I can be more to the person that I, that I have in my life. And you got to say, okay, what? Because if you're longing for a woman to build and live life together, then you have to ask yourself this question. What, what am I building now? Because if you wait to build, you won't have anything to build. What I mean by that is you got to lay the foundation in your life. She has laid a foundation in her life. God has to. And then y'all can build together. And so you got to say, okay, what? What have I built in my singleness? In order to build a strong marriage, guys, so what have I built? Like, for instance, man, I'm, I'm not trying to use me as an example. I'm not. Hear me. But I learned this principle. There's a lot of things that I built in my singleness that's keeping the air on, that's keeping the lights on in my marriage. <laughs> there's some things I built in my singleness that, that is keeping my wife smiling. That, they seem like there's things that I built, that God built in my life so that I can build with my wife. You have to be built to build. A builder with no arms, a builder with no, a builder without no arms, a builder without no legs can't build the building. You have to be whole. You have to be built to build. So you got to find the real root reason why you're longing for a woman, because that would determine how long you will meet your woman. Because if you long for her more than you long for God, then you're going to settle for the wrong one. And then, then you're really going to have some troubles, my friend. Kaylee says, what are your thoughts about the talking phase during courting? What are some things to watch out for as a woman? And how long should that phase be? Great question. What are your thoughts about the talking phase? Um, don't allow the talking to keep you from walking. What I mean by that is you don't want to get so caught up in a phase of relationship that you stop walking in your purpose. You start that you start stop walking with God. You don't want to. The talking phase should be a phase where y'all are getting to know each other while y'all still doing y'all stuff individually. Right. So if the talking phase disrupts the walking phase, then that may not be uh, um, the thing that God wants you to be a part of. Right. And so the talking phase is beneficial. There's a lot of great questions that you need to ask questions that are purpose driven questions like where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? What do you feel like your calling is? Uh, um, how do you see? Uh, um, the world today. Uh, wh what was the last thing that God revealed to you? Uh, 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 what have you been reading and what have you gotten from the word of God? Uh, um, um, who's your accountability partner? Uh, different questions like that, because before you go to the next phase, you got to see whether that person is, 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 is developed and, and is mature and is solid. But the most important thing for you is to make sure that before you get into a talking phase with a person, you got to make sure you talk to God. You, do you have a talking, have you and God developed y'all's talking phase? Because in order for you not to be disrupted in your walking, you got to have good talking with God. Because when you talk with God, you'll walk with God. Talking, walking, talking, walking, talking, walking, so that when someone comes in, it doesn't disrupt you and God's talking and walking. Because if if, if it's talking to him, it's disrupting your talking with God and your walking with God, then it shows your heart towards God and your heart towards yourself. And it could reveal a desperate desire for a relationship. 
But in regards to courting, I will ask those questions. Here's a book that I think will be beneficial to everyone in this situation. It's called Dating Prep. This book right here has a lot of questions in it that will either end the wrong relationship or extend the, extend the right relationship. It's a ton of questions. Also got a card game that goes this called Dating Prep. These colors right here, there's other cards that go with it too. But there are certain questions that you ask. You can say, okay, that's a go. Or, or a question that gives a yellow vibe. It's like, oh, that's, I need to slow down about that. I need more clarity on that. That's something I need to slow down on because this that don't sound right. There's also red flag answers. You can say, okay, whoa, that don't that don't go with God. That don't go with scriptures. And there's a, a white flag like I surrender. We out. That's a no. It's a go, a slow, a woe, or no. But you have to understand the right questions to offer. So I think that book and resource would be a great resource for you. But here's some other practical things I would give you. So what are some things to watch out for as a woman? Watch his eyes. A man who can't control, a man who lacks self-control can't control his eyes. So what I would do as a woman is that I wouldn't talk so much. Now you got to get clearance from God, whether you should even waste your time walking with this person somewhere. But what I would do is I would put that young man in an environment where there's a lot of thighs walking by. There's a lot of there's a lot of hips walking by. There's a lot of lot of you know uh, breast meat walking by. And I'm, I'm please give me step two. See how his eyes go. If he can't control his neck and control his eyes, that's the number one red flag sign. Because people can hide behind the phone. People can talk a good game over the phone. But when it's game time and there and there's things walking by and you can't keep your head on a swivel, you can't keep your head uh, uh, straight. Then, then that then, then ain't good for you, right? Uh, things to watch out for as a woman is is how how subtle his communication bends towards sin. Like a lot of men, some men will come in very hard Christian because the thing that's different about y'all's dating era and my dating era is that there was no social media like that like it is now. So someone can go to your Instagram right now, binge you for a period, and know how to camouflage themselves to the colors of your page. They know how to camouflage themselves to the, to the content of your page. So they'll know, okay, she's this way. So let me come very hard Christian. Let me come very hard man of God, right? And then and then listen to how the conversation's been. If the conversation's been towards sexual things, or they start using little sexual innuendos, or, or they're just dropping little hints in there, because men will drop little hints in there to see if you will bend towards it, then that's a red flag. Another thing to watch out for, is 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 what you gotta understand is you your your theological uh soundness must be sound and what i mean by is you gotta know the word of god for yourself begin to listen to how he starts describing god start listening how he starts describing his christian life and and if he begins to say okay i watch these kind of movies or i watch these kind of shows or i do these kind of things then then that might be a person that, that don't have strong conviction there's just certain things the holy spirit will not let you watch if there's sexual scenes, if there's uh, profanity, anything, people understand that images and words taints the herd. I'm telling you, the people of God, when you begin to watch the world stuff, listen to the world stuff, that stuff affects the soul, man. And if people keep watching certain things, you're like, man, that has a sex scene in it or that kind of stuff in it. And you're OK with it. Every believer should be able to say if something comes across the screen, there should be something in between us that between us and that TV screen that says this this ain't right, and we got to remove ourselves. And so you got to say, okay, what do they like to do? Do they like to drink a lot? Do they like to watch certain things a lot? Who do they listen to? Why do they listen to del demon demonic uh, rappers and demonic musicians? And why why why? That means you have no discernment. 
you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta watch their devotion you gotta watch their discernment and you gotta watch what uh those two main things what's the devotion level to god because if they don't the bible says the fear of god is the beginning of all wisdom you need a man that fears god more than he fears you so that he can be able to correct you biblically in the right way because if he don't fear god he won't walk wise and so if he's got this this ungodly release to watch certain things, do certain things and entertain himself certain things, that's a red flag because that means you can be infiltrated at any given time. And how long should that phase be? As long as God wants. That's why everything begins with fellowship of God, because fellowship of God will reveal your heart and reveal if your heart is even ready. To be a relationship, because if you have no purpose, no focus on your own purpose. If you and God don't talk regularly and you got you and God don't walk always together, then the talking phase with a man will, will hinder that. And the devil loves to send things at the wrong time because he knows it will take your time away from God. And if he takes your time away from God, it would desensitize uh, um, your spirit. You won't be sensitive enough to be able to be led by him. And then you will make excuses for that, that no feeling in your spirit. And you'd be like, let me go see for myself. It's all about your heart, man. I kind of labor long on that. I didn't mean to, but I hope I hope you got enough out of that for everyone that was listening. May have a question. Thanks, Coach. I need this advice. You're so welcome, Brianna. I'm glad it's a blessing. Put blessing to you. Um, Mapoli Love says, "Hey, Coach, how does God confirm a spouse? Can one really know at first meet that this is the person is the one? Um, it depends. Uh, God can do anything. Let's start there. I also say this that I think. I think." This, this hear me closely on that. This is not theological. This is what I think, right? Don't that doesn't mean I don't have theological connecting points to it, but hear what I'm saying. I would guess that the more sensitive in some circumstances, let's make it clear that the more sensitive your spirit is, the more content you are in your singleness, I think you can know at first sight. Because your spirit is sensitive to God. Therefore, your spirit is sensitive to the things of God. Therefore, you can be able to say, there, I don't know if that's my spouse. But there, there is something like when John the Baptist and Jesus, Mary and John the Baptist's mom's womb met, something leaked. They, I mean, the babies leaked. Right. So th I think that's also significance. I don't think that's always. But I think there is in a lot of ways a significance of the leap. That, that there's something in my spirit that leads that this is a divine dot. Now, you may not know the line between the dots, but you know this is a divine thought. Not thought. <laughs> you don't want to know. Ain't no such thing as a divine, a divine, a divine thought. Like T-H-O-T. But a divine dot. Like the dot. Like this is something that God has dotted in my life and he's going to connect it to some degree to, my, to be my wife or to be your husband, right? So I do believe that that does happen, but I think there's certain variables that and that I think would have to be there. Now, God can do anything. I'm not saying you have to be a super safe saint for to hear from God to leap in the belly, but it just depends on what God wants, right? I'm going to leave it at that. So can one really know at first meet? Yeah, you can, but I I wouldn't be gauging every person across your body to, by to see if your spirit man leaps. Go about your life and a rest will find itself in your life. And what I mean by that is, for instance, for me, I don't go looking for the next dot. You're going to stumble more in God's will than you would be able to predict God's will. 99.9% of the time is all about stumbling. Why does God want you to stumble into his will? Or, oh, I didn't even know. Because if God revealed everything, then that gives his enemy an opportunity to play. 
and to mess it up. Now, don't get me wrong. Demons can kind of predict, okay, maybe I see angelic forces operating this person. So how can I attack them to kind of get them to throw off the angelic support, right? So I'm, the demons can see when things are working on your behalf. But the reason why God doesn't show the other half of his plans, because he don't want, he because he's too, his way, he's just too dope. He's just too knowledgeable. And so you just got to go about your life, trusting that you will meet the one that God has for you. But if you keep wondering about that, then every time you step out the house, beep, 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 you scan it, beep, 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 you trying to wait for that, beep, 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 oh, that's got to be somebody. Nah, just go live your life and you'll know when it's a divine moment. I promise you that. Great questions, y'all. True Vintage R&B fan says, in your opinion, what do you think is the real purpose of the James Webb Telescope? Oh. I, now, I do have that bookmark somewhere on one of my devices. I'm looking to it, but I don't know enough about it. You know, um, if you want to know my honest opinion, uh, who knows who they're using about it? You know, I um, who knows? Um, some people know what my beliefs are is about the structure of the world. I believe it's flat, but, you know, I think there's more biblical support to a flat earth than a, than a globe. And so telescopes is kind of like they, they probably have they, they want us to think that it's something for outer space, but it could be something for something else. Who knows? But I don't know enough about it to, to give you a good answer. Asia Brown says, hey, Josh, I've tried to start a few businesses a few years ago that did not take off. I invested lots of money, lots of time, money and marketing into manifesting what I thought was a vision God gave me. Fast forward a few years. I now have a desire to create, but I also have a fear of it being my ambition and not God. How do I move forward without explaining dis ex explaining disappointments? Great question. And this is something that a lot of um, uh, entrepreneurs and, and, and very strong, ambitious people struggle with, especially when they're um, following God. One thing about God is that I've learned because I'm a very ambitious guy. Um, I've been I've been in this thing 14, 15 years as far as. Um, um, just entrepreneurial and, and ministry endeavors. Um, I always learn from my lessons. The thing is, in order to receive a blessing, I have to learn from my lessons. And so even though you may have made some mistakes and you wasted, I've been there, lost a lot of money, lost a lot of time, all that kind of stuff. But it has the, the loss that I had yesterday and the time I wasted yesterday should not have effect on my time and my money now. So when you have that creative desire to create, engage it. Everything in this season now begin to assess. This is what I would do. And it's what I often do all the time. I assess, did I really give my best to yesterday's decisions? Where was I? Um, was I reading my Bible often during that time? Was I in prayer during that time? Did I really enjoy God a lot during that time? Or was it was just solely ambition? If I begin to see that the reason why I lost a lot of money, lost a lot of time is because I spent more time in the thing than I did in the person. And then you begin to assess your spirit, spiritual development, your spiritual sensitivity on a scale of one to 10. And it's not really, really wasn't in that eight to 10 realm, but it was more four and five. You begin to say, man, I really wasn't really spending a lot of time with God. Then that's where you make the adjustment because walking with God shouldn't be that much loss. And what I've learned as a boss is that I got to ask myself, am I surrendered to the boss of bosses? Like, is he the Lord over my life? Because if he, if I don't, if, because I remember back in my early ministry days, I didn't really acknowledge God like that. I was ambitious. 
Hey, man, I'll talk to God. I'll do my thing. I'll spend time with God, but I didn't spend as much as I needed or I just wasn't mature enough mentally and spiritually to be able to say, whoa, Josh, slow down. You're excited. That's why zeal has to be balanced out with wisdom. So if you're feeling zealous right now, which is nothing bad, if you're feeling a zeal to go out there and deal, then you got to say, okay, I got to make sure I learn from the last mistakes. Where can I balance this zeal with wisdom and not fear? It has to be wisdom. It has to be your walk with God. And I think if you invest more in your wisdom and walk with God, what you've learned from, from the past and, and focusing in your walk with God, it would eliminate that fear. The Bible says he did not, he does not, he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. You have to know that you are empowered to create. You also have to know that you're loved to create probably, and you have a sound mind to create. So the soundness of mind, that's what we got to work on. Work on all those three things. Do you believe that God has given you the power to create, which I don't think you were, you are afraid in that category because you are already entrepreneurial. The two things you got to ask of, okay, how much do I know that God loves me and how much of my mind is sound? Because if those areas are not developed, then it's going to be called some kind of imbalances, right? And so you have to get over yourself. Listen, one thing about me, man, I have amnesia. If I sin today, if I make a mistake today, I, my brain has already installed. I have the update. <laughs> Some of us are like old iPhone device. They haven't got the update. We're, 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 we're iPhones. You know, we're in the iPhone family. We're in the kingdom of the iPhone, but we haven't gone through the updates. And so you have to allow the Holy Spirit to update you onto who you are to God. And so those errors have to be updated. Okay, have I updated in my mind? Have I really, have I received the latest update from me? Have I downloaded the last update from me that keeps me from, from uh, um, being disappointed? So for me, I already got the updates. Not all of them, but I got the updates enough to say, okay, when I mess up, I ain't gonna stay in that mess. Tom Brady said, man, what keeps him from throwing another interception, what keeps him from not being afraid to throw the next pass, even though... It, it, what keeps him from throwing what 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 keeps him from not throwing the next pass after throwing an interception is realizing that if I keep dwelling on the interception, I'm guaranteed to have a high percent chance of throwing another one. But if I say, you know what, that was the last pass, whatever, I'm gonna throw the other pass with confidence because I already have amnesia. So if I make a mistake, I'm like, all right, what can I learn from it? What can I earn from it? But I'm not gonna burn from it. So fast forward a few years, I now have a desire to create, and that's good. You have the power. I also have a fear. Now, if you have fear, the Bible says the perfect love of God casts out all fear. Now you got to start doing a deep dive study of God's love towards you and, and knowing that, that God will God will gauge your ambition. Like, like God is good at gauging. Like saying, all right, you need to chill, slow down. He'll put things around you to kind of slow you down. So you have to trust that God will guide your ambition. And, and and realizing that 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 what your heart is right towards God, you don't want to you don't want to be a bad steward, but don't allow that yesterday's poor stewardship to keep you from stewarding well. And you also got to have a sound mind, realizing, okay, man, I got to get the updates mentally. And say, you know what, I'm God's beloved. He loves me. He'll guide me, and 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 he'll and he's going to help me make the better decisions and go forward, my friend. Uh, we got more people in here. I'm gonna let you guys know for those who need coaching. If you need coaching on entrepreneurial things and business things, let me know. If you need uh, uh, life coaching on relationships, spiritual development, singleness, purpose, branding, entrepreneurship, purpose-centered things, contact me today. I'll go ahead and post the link right now in the live because we got 42 uh, people watching now. And if while you're watching, go ahead and like. If you're on YouTube right now, this helps the video get more traction. Go ahead and like the video. 
and all that good stuff. But if you need life coaching, there's links down in the description box below. Uh, let me know uh, what, what your budget is, and I'll customize a coaching session for you. Now, where do I go? Okay, I got to get this thing off my screen. There we go. Look, there we go. Uh, I got talent. Let me see what my wife called. First, I'm going to check the humidity, man. It is humid, man. Charlotte, bro, got to get itself together. Let me check the weather real quick because I sweat a lot. I don't want to be out here about to pass out. Let's see. Here. We're good to go. Uh, man, 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 man. Neil Moses, thank you for the super chat. Appreciate you. Uh, and all those who's been generous, those who give, man, I appreciate y'all's um, support, man. Uh, y'all purchase books, y'all get shirts, y'all donate, y'all give, y'all cash app, y'all do all that kind of stuff, man. And y'all support us some tremendously, and we appreciate you all for that. However, you give, if you just gave a like today, I appreciate that. How, if you shared the video, I appreciate that. No matter what your giving is, from two mics to two billion, I appreciate it. When you're on the purpose of God as a single man of God, she will come on that same purpose to fulfill the plans of God as a helpmate. That's right. That's right. At least I think. <laughs> I was like, did I read that through? I believe Moses is right, but I believe him. What are your thoughts about the talking phase? Can we all talk? Thanks, Coach. Needed advice. How does God confirm a spouse? Can one with me? In your opinion, what do you think about the real telescope? Uh, hey, Josh, I'll try to start. Okay, here we go. Kid, Kid Gillis says, hey, Coach Josh, can you explain baptism? I've been to various churches that have taught me opposite perspectives. At this point, I'm confused on what to do and how to go about it. Just go get, get in the water and come back up. That's it. It is not the means to salvation, but it is evidence of it's, it's evidence of salvation right people think that baptism means that if you don't get baptized that, that all says so if god so you mean to tell me god's limited to water so if someone's on their deathbed and god comes and, and he and that person give their life to god if does the doctor come in and dip their head in the water before the before they before they die so we have to look at everything from god down not from us up and there's certain doctrines and people that believe that all this kind of stuff um, but as far as the baptism, I don't get so caught up in the names. People say, okay, baptize Jesus only or baptize Father, Son. They, they, the Godhead, man, they're all the same. I, I think we put a lot of legalities in these certain things to control the people and to for debating purposes. Um, so what I would do as long as you, not as long as, long as your heart has been changed and you got life now, then, then go to a local church, go to your church and say, hey, can you put me in the water and bring me up? And don't get so caught up in the semantics, whatever they believe in. Just get in the water and come back up. But um, but the the baptism is is the the uh, evidence of what has already happened into your heart that you've died in Christ and He arose into new life with evidence of salvation, fruit of salvation, and that is the outward expression of what has already happened inside of your heart. Great question, Joe. And it says, hey, coach, is this sin to question God as in asking him why haven't he done this or that? Did this happen? And so forth. Nothing wrong with asking God questions. It may be wrong to question God. It's a big difference. It's nothing wrong with asking God questions, but it is wrong to question him as if he's on trial. Who are we to question him? Were we there when the mountains were formed? Were we there when he stretched out the heavens? Well, were we there? We don't have a right to question him, but it's okay to ask him questions. So he says, as in asking him, why haven't he done? So you have to ask, you have to understand 
a lot of people treat God like they like God owes them. So they feel like they got to question him because I did this for you, because I did that for you. You owe me answers. God don't owe you nothing. He already paid the price. He owes you nothing. If anybody owes, we don't owe him nothing. What I'm saying, if anybody should have a living sacrifice mentality is us. So there's nothing wrong with asking God a question. And when you ask God a question, you have to trust his timing. You have to trust his character. And if you asking him questions with, with, with no respect towards his timing or character, then your heart is wrong towards him from the beginning. And so you have to trust and know that God has a timing or whatever. When you ask, before you ask God a question, you got to ask yourself questions. Is my heart even right to even ask this question? Am I even mature enough for the result I want from this question? Then that should humble you. Before you ask God questions, question yourself. The only person you should be questioning me is you. You should put yourself on trial to even say if you even are able going to be able to last a while for the thing that you want God to bring into your life. Hope they help. Camilla Brown says, blessings, brother. First time catch you live. We're glad to have you. Thank you for joining me live, joining us live. We're glad to have you. Thank you so much. Uh, Renee says, thanks, Coach. Needed that. I'm glad you need Let me check on my wife. Yeah, she'll call by now. She's good. She's good. She's probably watching. Just double checking. Okay. Oh, let's see here. I am addicted to, uh, but now I cannot get off. Gotcha. I'm addicted. I don't even know what that is, but I, I got you. It had me clean from pain pill addiction 15 years, but I have, man, my range is not as long on these type of things because I don't, oh, it's not a one size fix all. Um, but I do understand how to use medicine to keep us, keep people addicted. So it makes the withdrawal period. Cause if you, if they know that the withdrawal will get you back on the medicine because it's, it's more difficult to get off than it was to get on. And so my advice is, is to see if there's a holistic doctor in your area, um, that is familiar with this. I would Google that. I will Google that medication and see if there's any type of holistic things have been proven, um, to help people get off that, but I will start there, my friend. Now, I don't have enough advice on. I have some generalized things um, as far as, but I I don't want to get too deep in that because I don't know how I don't know the details of that medicine, all that kind of stuff, man. So, but I will start by saying there's a holistic doctor or someone of some type of uh, of that realm that can help wean you off of that. And I will definitely Google the weaning off of certain things, uh, and, and I think I will start there, family. Terry Nelson says, what advice do you have for singles to meet other singles? Um, just keep mingling with God. Keep fellowship with God and he'll bring the people around. Uh, he says, what advice do you have for singles to meet other singles? Um, like I said, man, mingle with God, man. Uh, because then, because one thing I learned in my life is that, and what I've learned even in my singleness was a lot of people will surround you and want to be a part of you, but they won't last with you. And what happens is you have to make sure that your heart is not desperate for friends, because when you're desperate for friends, you will give clearance to enemies, to eventual enemies. You will give clearance to people who are friendly, but don't have no awareness of being friends. There's people who are friendly, but they have no structure of friendship. They don't even know how to be a friend. 
And so uh, you just want to make sure your heart is right anytime that you want something new in your life, just to make sure that you don't let the wrong things into your life. Um, but what I would do is just go with the flow of God and let God bring the right single friends around you and be content with him right now until he brings the right people. Brandon Clemens says, does following God isolate us at stages or do we self-isolate? Um, following God does isolate us because he draws us to himself. He removes us from distractions. Um, he puts us in certain places so that we can better understand him. Self-isolation, there's nothing wrong with that if you want to self-isolate for a certain period of time. But if self-isolation is what you do all the time and you don't have to go outside, and that's a problem. You got to find balance. But following God does isolate us in stages because it's almost like there's certain periods where God says, okay, that's enough of that. I need to bring you to myself so you can better understand this. Then I put you back out. And it's kind of a flow like that. And sometimes it's months in between, weeks in between, days in between, years in between, and those different types of phases. Um, but you have to be on guard on... Now, it could be just your personality. I like to be by myself. I'll self-isolate in a, in a heartbeat, but there's a balance to it. I do go out. like I do be amongst people, but I need... Some people, they, they're energized... Extroverts are more energized around people. Introverts are more uh, 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 energized alone. Nothing wrong with that. But God does bring you alone so that you can learn how to be alongside the things that he has for you. Great questions, y'all. You're so welcome, family. You're so welcome. Let's see here. Lauren says, hi, all. Asking for prayer for my father, Desmond, in hospital with pneumonia and just heard he is in ICU for temporary kidney dialysis. Let's pray for uh, your father, Desmond. Father God, we know that you are a great physician. You said when two or three are gathered together, you are there in the midst. And we're joining our faith with our sister whose faith needs to be stirred, whose faith may be vulnerable. And she's asking from the community to be able to strengthen her. And we thank you, Father God, that you will give her a peace that surpasses all understanding. Father God, we think that you are in the midst of that room with Desmond. Father God, we believe that her faith and our joining with ours would be a supernatural synergy, will send supernatural synergy to give that man energy to endure this phase so that he'll be able to stand strong again. We thank you for divine healing. We believe it by faith, God. We believe that you are capable and able, and we thank you to bring stability in her heart and in her mind to be able to be um, and, and, and stabilized to see with her own eyes your salvation, Lord. And we believe that you are in control. In your name we pray, amen. You said, I know it's not the place, but can you all pray for him, please? We got, this is the place. Lord, never feel that. This, this is the place. Anytime you need prayer and you see us on the live, we'll pray for you. This is the place. We And we just made sure that we prayed for him. Even if you want to, at the one hour and eight minute marker, if you want to play this out loud that he sees that, and it may be strengthening his faith that he has other people praying for him, that might help as well. Unique says, praying supernatural. That's right. See, the community is already on, on it. Uh, I almost mixed some tongues with your name. Hey, Coach Josh, hope you're well. Uh, 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 Daya says, sometimes you have to be the example. That's real. I don't know for what question, but that's that's real talk right there. Neil Mo says, be on your purpose, man, and you'll find her when you're on your journey, not looking distracted. That's right. That's right. Elder Tosh says, any advice for single moms growing in Christ? Great question. Continue growing. Continue growing. And, and don't allow your, don't allow uh, reproach or negative thoughts to surround where you are right now. Because a lot of single moms, not a lot, but some single moms, um, they're still 
tainted. They feel tainted uh, um, from what may have fallen apart in their previous marriage or or what they've done to have a child. Um, know that you're God's beloved. Know that he loves you. Um, stay in his word. Stay growing. Stay developing and trusting that he is his grace is sufficient uh, for you to mother. Um, and, and, and to make sure that God is leading you to mother and, and that your flesh not to smother because sometimes moms, because there's not a father figure present, they start smothering the child, trying to be the father to the child. Let God be the father to the child and you continue to be the mother to the child. Uh, and, 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 and trust that God's grace is sufficient to, cause my, my God did it for me. I grew up in a single parent home and, and God, uh, the, God produced a product out of me uh, for his glory. Um, so I think that would, that's where I would start there. Um, uh, enjoy your singleness, enjoy your, enjoy being a single mom, um, enjoy that with God. And, and then you'll begin to see how God connects the dots going forward. Kenan says, right. This is so good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm see how much time I have. Let me, hold on. Let me put y'all on mute. I'm gonna call my wife. For All right, I'm back. Let's see here. Where are we at? Elder Tosh says, I feel so lost with everything and where to start. No one in my family are Christians. I'm lukewarm and really want to cross over. Let me see what you're pre... Gotcha. I feel so lost with everything and where to start. No one in my family are Christians. I'm lukewarm and I really want to cross over. Great question. Um, Start with the word of God. Start with the word of God. And what I mean by that is the more you become familiar about how God sees you, you will care less about how everybody feels or acts or how they live around you. Um, God loves you. And so when you feel lost, then you have to find direction. And the direction is in the manual. Every product from this laptop that I'm, I'm um, 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 videoing on, this microphone I'm speaking in, my phone, whatever it is, it all, it all has a manual came with a manual. We came with a manual. That's the word of God. And so whether or not anybody else following the manual, you can go in that word of God and find what does it mean to be a Christian and then implement those principles in your life. Because I really do believe that for you to ask this question, I believe that there is a saving work in your life. Because when people ask these questions, there's there's some evidence in that that there, there's some saving work in their life. I'm going to go ahead and go because Mark just got home. I hope that answered your question. Um, I love you all. Make sure you check out if you need one-on-one coaching, you need help with your relationship, spiritual development, singleness, purpose, branding. Let me know how I can help you. Here's my book, Facts with Feelings, to help you process your feelings so you can find the facts behind them. Great book there. If you're looking to hold things better and want to find the uh, 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 purpose of preparedness, this book would be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a book to help you understand the purpose of your singleness, how to maximize it, great book here, The Purpose of Singleness. If you're looking for a great dating resource to help you begin to see if you guys are on the same page, 
Um, asking the right question, either in the wrong relationship or extend the right one. Great book there. If you are, are in front of something right now, something's in front of you, you want to know that it's God's will or not. And you want to know uh, the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart. This book would be a great resource for you. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, you want to learn how to untie and uproot them. This book, The Purpose Freedom, would be a great resource for you. If you struggle with spiritual warfare or want to better understand the whole armor of God, this book, World War Me, would be a great resource for you. If you have young people looking to discover their art form and to walk wisely with it, this book, as he says, would be a great resource for y'all. We appreciate you. Thank y'all so much for watching. Uh, uh, links in the description box below. If you want to give and all that kind of stuff, we'll see y'all next time. Peace.